You're listening to Coleman Power on the Organic Fitness Podcast. All right, this is a podcast that I recorded as a live Twitter um, show there very recently. So it's just as suppose emphasizing that we need to get back to where food is actually created, okay, in and from the ground as soon as we possibly can. Would you grow it yourself or you're buying it? I always say, add it to your diet. Ah, right, or not. Uh, I'm going to say my sound quality will be that much better just because the streaming through any of the platforms through a phone wouldn't be as clear as uh, my own through a quality mic here on this end. So right, or not, I'm putting it up because there is super value in this week's show. Or not, yeah, let me know how you find it. Uh, love to hear. Send me a private message on any of my social media platforms. I'd love to hear from you. Yes, you. Feedback, rate it out of 10. Be nice. And if you're not following or subscribed to the likes of YouTube and or wherever you're watching it on the airwaves, Spotify, Apple, please subscribe. That really helps me or share it. Okay, talk soon. Godspeed. So they must be kind of mass juice so many organic stuff for the supermarkets. And that just, I suppose, emphasizes all the time, do your best to go straight to the farm, produce some of your own food, whether it's a couple of hens out in the backyard and or just, again, finding an honesty box. There's a country market in every small town village in Ireland. And the closer you can get to where your food is produced, the better it is. Right. So the idea that sometimes we do get, as we've mentioned, maybe more brittle uh, eggshells or uh, feed that's nearly then been given to animals to try and dye the likes of their egg yolks. What you need to do is actually know where your food comes from and get it as local as you possibly can. That's something that I will sing and to the day that I die when I hit 133 today going forward. The idea is food is so important, but there's different grades of it and wherever we go. But knowing the best food that you can get is something that you get local, something you know and taste once and then gain advantage of every other vitamin and mineral that is in something that has come from, uh, I suppose, high quality. to know you're in your polytunnel and outside right so now we're going into this was the cooler ones we've had one of our harshest frosts there in the last seven days so we're leaning towards the likes of things that can tolerate these cold conditions so that's the likes of any of your greens so that's your minsuna rocket is the one that most people have heard of um you have t- they can, they're able to tolerate both conditions. Uh, if you haven't sown them already, uh, I, you can still sow them. I'm doing a grow your own course of the weekend and we'll be sowing. Um, this this one, I think, currently sold out. But going forward, there's uh, other ones. So this one is two of them in uh, Waterford. One is in Clashmore. Uh, it's nearly Cork. And um, then we have the likes of the next one in Waterford City. And then after that, I'm going to start uh, putting out um, feelers for January because, again, that's the time when really things start to get a little bit warmer and uh, the idea is we're rolling into the likes of spring. So all the time... Oh, yeah, I'm I'm literally after coming back from Limerick and um, and now I'm on this. uh, Do you know what I mean? And this is Sunday. 
<laughs> no, I, oh, half nine is my bed. I, we're on a limit for a year. <laughs> yeah. M-I-Z-U-N-A. So, Minzuna is an oriental salad. So, it's related to the likes of everything in the Braska family. So that's your broccolis. That's your kale. That's... Yeah, it's an edible salad leaf is what it is for the most part. And it's something... Yes. No, but I'm just trying to think. It begins with R. It'll come to me now in a second. It's, it's Romanesco. No, it could be Romanesco. That's just how it is. Yeah, it's Romanesco. So it, I've actually only... Yep, yeah, it's, it's a leaf that gives you a quicker return on your investment for sowing something right now. So you can get it. Uh, so the idea of broccoli and or will mention that Romanesco that's very similar in shape and it's quite interesting with its design and its edible uh, flower that we consume it for. <clears throat> it is something you can get, uh, again, a quicker harvest from. So your salad leaves okay, that give you nutrient density at this time of year is something that you sow a seed Okay, in a tray, in a yogurt tub, you multi-sow them. So you're sowing, let's say, four, maybe as up as far as six seeds per cell or pot. And as a result of that, then you can have it on your windowsill or you can have it outside. And the suppose, basic uh, idea that if people want to upgrade to some sort of a polytunnel, it's literally a lean-to. You could have pane of a glass would also do. Windows, doors that people are throwing out on building sites every single day of the week one of the panes might be cracked that wouldn't bother you you literally lean it up against one another make an apex form and literally in four weeks time you can be eating your own greens from your back garden and that's something that's definitely well worth doing to anybody who wants to improve their um, diet and even more so the nutrition out the other side of it so that's literally minsuna pak choy is another really good one it's an edible uh, leaf again both, they, all these ones now have got to be, most certainly tolerate the cold. They're, everything will grow faster inside the glass house or a greenhouse for that matter, or in a warm windowsill. Everything goes faster. So three things a plant needs to grow is soil, it needs heat, and it needs water. Right? If it doesn't have any one of those one items that are essential key things that I teach five-year-olds, 55, and I even talked to, her to, to my granny who's 95 years old and plus um, this year. So it's uh, yeah, those three classics you can grow uh, in on top of that. Uh, winter porcelain is a meaty, kind of a beefy uh, salad leaf, again, that I always get people to start growing. Kale can also be um, purple varieties that I do recommend. Red Russian kale. Yeah, yeah, they will be year round. And they're, I suppose, uh, exactly one of the items that I would definitely recommend more people to start growing. Uh, once you literally have a kale plant, you'll be feeding and eating and have enough kale to feed yourself and your family throughout the winter months. I recommend like two plants of kale, at least spinach, you can, or more so the like a rainbow chard is very similar. Like a weed, barely, is it? Well, the idea of the definition of a weed is a plant in the wrong place, but sure, dandelions are the most nutrient dense food, and we're yeah. getting lads to spray them with knapsacks there from the county council, left, right, and center, which is nonsense in itself. I'd add dandelions to uh, smoothies on a regular basis, I'd have it in my stir fries. You can put it in your porridge oats at this moment in time, and then that's again, that's a natural prebiotic. 
that um, I'd recommend people to start consuming. You go into your health food shops that are selling dandelion coffee for at least six euro for maybe 10 tea bags of it. Uh, and it's free. It's outside in your backyard. Just at the brass, they do so anything that i mentioned there will grow throughout the summer months but there are different complications with so on them at different times so i like to tell people to try and grow with the seasons so you could have sowed right your purple sprout and broccoli in september that is such a long growing season, right? It starts off as a little seed. We see it and it pops up, then it germinates. Then throughout, literally coming up the next September, October, November, it's a little bit taller. And then we go into literally December where there's nearly a stop in the growth. But once we hit January again, it picks up February. And the end of February, start of March is when you harvest the likes of your purple sprout and broccoli, which is part of the brassica family. And it'll be the same duration that would be broccoli sown at that time. But I, that's why I don't mention broccoli in any of my courses for people who want uh, to grow and start for themselves, because it takes can take up to six months, depending on when you grow. It can be as quick as four months. No, I would say if you're looking for to grow something for yourself, I would grow kale, I would grow minsuna, I would grow rocket ahead of broccoli, because broccoli, for the most part, it needs a meter spacing. So that's one meter, that's one yard, that's one pace for one head. You can grow twenty minsu. No, one head is one head. One head is like what you would hold in your hand that looks like a mic. That needs a meter spacing. Yeah. Because it's a huge plant. If anyone's ever seen it grow, it's a massive plant. That um. It, that is exactly it. I'm glad. Like sometimes I nearly skip over the simple things. There's other things that people again um must realize that anything that we grow takes a considerable amount of time. And then when people are saying the food is uh, cheap, it's never cheap because the idea of it, the cost is paid far far beyond the counter. You start growing food for yourself and say, "Geez, this is a bit tough." Yeah, it is tough. And people are wasting food. They're wasting it, and it's an absolute sin to throw away any food item, whether it be a fruit or a vegetable <clears throat> and or pieces of meat. For that matter, we can lean towards that as well. I was involved in a, <clears throat> a farm there in Kildare uh, last year in 2023. And I actually brought animals to the abattoir for the first time. And it's something that it was an, a huge eye-opener to myself. Um, not I didn't ever really grow up on farms. My background actually is just horticulture and fruit and vegetables. But bringing animals that were really fully registered organic that took three years to rear, to feed, to bring in, uh, fully registered. I didn't mention that from an open field, beautifully happy animals, Dexter cattle, they were into the back of a trailer. And as a result of that, we brought them down to the abattoir. They went in behind the gate. They got one dart with an electric shock in the side of the head, and that was the end of it. Like it's tough game, and it's just.
Yeah, definitely. And and you're right to bring that up even uh, because right, apples are something that trees that are, are, should be sown as of now, okay, all throughout the dormant season. Um, one of my goals is to go into as many schools as I possibly can if anyone's inter interested in me coming to their school or even small work uh, establishment. I've set up an orchard for a company based uh, down in Waterford and I've been in and going to schools up in Dublin setting them up so they're self-sufficient in the likes of fruits and fruits more so um, an orchard being apples pears cherries and I'm going to be planting them up yeah I, I'm nearly planting these uh, orchards for the for oh it's, it's great it's it's ingenious in the idea really but a simple one like I'm a simple man I do simple things and I do them really, really well. So I'm planting those trees uh, that are native to Ireland that are of M9 rootstocks. That means that they won't grow massively tall. And as a result of that, then every child going into the school will have one healthy item in their lunchbox throughout the likes of growing season. They can have apples, they can have pears. And that's something that's a no-brainer because those fruits haven't been sprayed up to, and apples can be sprayed up to 10 times in a growing season. It's a no-brainer. And I don't know why other people haven't thought of it before, but sometimes the best ideas are the simpler ones. Just tell me, we say, because it's a thing. Apples, like, right? Stoning them, you know, like we say, they, you know, they, they, they come there about late August or whatever, which, like, you know, you take them inside. And, like, what's the secret to storing apples to get, you know, the months out of them? Yeah, great, great tip, or great question there. I'm going to give you the tip of the day. Not all apples are stored very well. So there's different varieties and it's well worth knowing. I'm lucky enough to, after setting up two <clears throat> large orchards, the largest of the orchards that I've set up, I had 69 different fruit trees and not just literally one variety, not two, not three. I had over 15 varieties of apple trees. Okay, so typically a sweeter apple is less likely to store well. So that's something well right. worth noting. So that, and remember, like bitter things are actually good for the likes of the gut. So there are different varieties of apples. Last longer, would that be right? That's it. Yeah, it's down to sugars, all right? Uh, sometimes, yeah. So cooking apples will last a lot better. But again, it's down to variety. But even I'll talk about storability of the apples that you do harvest in itself. There are apples that I've picked uh, from an orchard uh, that I set up in um, a site in Westmead. They were harvested, okay, last week. All right, that is in the 11th month of the year. Fresh. From the tree, okay. That's something that. Yeah. So-called storms, anyway. Yeah, the, the apples. Obviously, there was going to be a considerable amount of windfall, but there are always apples that will stay on the tree because they suppose had um, the stronger hold or weren't ready to be uh, left go in yeah. itself. So that's it. And there was shelter in this particular site. There was a shelter belt of trees, larger trees, <clears throat> and a hedgerow very close to it, which planned uh, to have that for that main specific reason. So if anybody's thinking of setting themselves up to be much more self-sufficient with the likes of an orchard, which is a no-brainer, I would uh, recommend putting up a shelter belt as well as planting your fruit uh, trees and bushes if that's what you want to go uh, and lean towards this winter. Well, it's time to take up a lot of space or I mean, I suppose you know, wouldn't take much of them. I mean, you probably want just one tree for the, the Christmas dinner anyway. But um, what are they? You know, the way you were saying you need a meter square for broccoli. So, exact same. The store the sprouts, like, yeah, or, they're the exact same. So, you need a meter for each pack, but you probably get a better return, would you? 
you would you would get a much better return uh, i i would plan more for a family and uh, there is a really good book out there called um uh, they're written by klaus leitenberg who taught me uh, it's about uh, sustainability and growing uh, enough food and the amount of them to have and enough to feed a family so again i probably saw at least four because what happens is with growing one minute there's nothing then there's a little yeah. then there's a lot yeah. then there's a little then there's nothing that's the way growing goes like so people are gonna go oh jeez i'd love some now like right the best time to start growing was literally six months ago the next best time is today and so enough uh, and and how do you know you have enough you can only do it by practice and trial and error. Oh, you, I, how much Brussels sprouts do one person eat? How much Brussels sprouts do the next person family eat? I love them, only have a little bit. I like it a lot. I would lean towards closer to four of those uh, Brussels sprouts. But again, they're sown uh, <clears throat> much earlier in the year. So it's really your quick return crops, your leafy greens, your apples you're sowing right now, and you're harvesting another plant that I may uh, have not mentioned before. It's like a yakon. Right, yakon is a bit of a superfood. I wrote it in my book called The Power of Organic Fitness. It's something that's from South America, very similar to the likes of, an, I'm going to say, a potato. So that's also from South America. Yeah, so... They're actually naturally sweet, but the benefit of these, as well as they don't, affect your blood sugar levels. So they're absolutely perfect for anyone who has uh, cravings and or is a diabetic. I bought one myself there the last day. I bought a few myself and they were quite nice. Do you know, the difference between the pulp and sweet potato and the orange? The pulp, it is drier, like it's not as kind of soggy. Um, I, I, I found it a nice dip for the side, any ferret for a change, but do you want to tell us a bit more there? Can you grow sweet potatoes in Ireland easily or not? Like, or... Yeah, they, yeah, you do. And but just remember that they're actually not in the same family as potatoes. So potatoes are Salinaceae, the same potatoes and the likes of your tomatoes in the same family. But then if you lean towards, we'll go sweet potatoes, that's in the morning glory uh, family. And that's actually uh, has a relative that we don't, some of us may know of bindweed. You ever seen the flower of it and or the way it grows? A bindweed and sweet potato have those long vines that trail along the ground, but I like to literally tie them up on strings so they literally uh, they don't take up as much space and the slugs don't hang underneath them as much. So <clears throat> they do grow. The, 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 the actual tubers on the ground, am I right? Yeah, yeah, tubers are underneath the ground um, in every sense the yakon, the potatoes, and the sweet potato. So I like what well, you just I kind of associate them with a, a, a hot country. So, um, yeah, the sweet potato is something that has to be grown inside in a polytunnel and or a glass house just because of their, I suppose, um, their loving of the heat and they're a little bit more less tolerant to any cold conditions that we typically get in Ireland. So that's the first note. So the storability of the potatoes or the sweet potato is again, uh, maybe a little bit less because of the higher sugar content, but it's not to say that they can't be stored. And if you do grow them, it's typically you grow putting them into the ground around March because that's when everything's the start of the proper growing season in Ireland. Uh, for the most part, you're putting them and it comes from a growth spurt because sweet potatoes aren't actually grown from a tuber like your your normal uh, spud. So they're going from a growth, uh, most of a growth spurt that's put into the ground, a plug, and I get mine from the likes of Fruit Hill Farm. And yeah, that's where I get them. They're based on a bantry. Um, I know. So did you have them for next year? 
you know, um, or do you have to just buy those off that base every year? Or um, is there any way of kind of saving them up for the following year? You can do, uh, it's something that I haven't done myself. It's a great question. Uh, you can take cuttings and try and keep them alive for the, the, the duration of the winter. But it is more of an advanced kind of skill. It's like grafting. Like a lot of people say, Coleman, have you done grafting? I have done it on a couple of occasions. It's quite difficult. It's a course in itself. Um, propagation of. Just leave the cheese there, like take a few, you know, sort of take a few and they keep going. Or no, because in Ireland we go through seasons and the winter kills off a lot of the foliage of everything that isn't that isn't tolerant to to the winter. Like so. Oh, only brassicas are really surviving this kind of conditions. Right. That's the way we have it, and we can't do anything about that. There's a lot of people try and change the weather, but we can't change the weather, so we just have to, suppose, change our um, crops. You see all these different coloured carrots that you see, or purple carrots, and is that a kind of a natural phenomenon, or is it some kind of genetic thing, or what's to say, is it just carrots from other countries, or what's the story, are they a kind of a slightly different crop, or... Yeah, it's a different variety. Typically, the one you're mentioning is rainbow uh, carrots. And would you believe that carrots were not more so purple uh, originally? And when the Dutch king uh, became fond of the vegetable, he decided to uh, breed them out and, and get to an orange variety. So there's all the time, there's different varieties uh, of carrots that you can get. And again, it's actually really important maybe to even get that and start growing those next year for yourself because you get a diversity of antioxidants and antioxidants just colour. So the more colour you get in your diet, yeah. the better. I mean, so wait, wait, wait. wait I would well, say I want to start growing and I want to just, I'm a, I'm a lazy out or I just want to dip my toe in, work on a full-time job and I just want to make it as, as easy because probably the success rate the first year is probably... You know, not the best. So I, 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 I want like if you tell me right, I, I've a little small polyton and I've a bit outside. The five easiest things to grow and when to plant them inside and out. Right, five and easiest. Give me a nice little bit of food as well. Like you say, are you probably throwing your potatoes there? Like, yeah, spuds are definitely in there. You're sowing them in March, and uh, a real easy tip for you is to literally put. Uh, in a blight resistant variety so Palmyra is a very good variety it's a main crop so that just means I keep it... not at all not at all oh my god no and I'll give you one that I'm a major fan of it's a beautiful flavour it's called Iron Victory it even has purple skin right and I actually eat the skins just because firstly my grandfather ate them and the idea that most of the beneficial antioxidant and compounds are found either just below the skin or even in it especially with that being the purple I used to peel it off before trying to get rid of it. But now with the organic, you know, when I buy the potatoes, I just eat the skin and everything. I just, you know, cook them in the stove, cook them with a bit of butter, eat the whole lot. Amazing stuff. Yeah, I don't waste a thing. I eat the full apple core, the whole lot. So that's maybe the second oh, thing. If I and it's bit... kind of that to be the best. I'd have to move on to that level. I'd have to get to level two. I'm only at level one. You're only at level five. <laughs> so, so apples are a no-brainer, right? So apples, you put in an apple tree right now, and in three years' time, you can most certainly gain the advantage of uh, edible fruit 
uh, for yourself and your family. Right, stewed apples are amazing. I just literally finished off them uh, with a bit of yogurt, high protein, an organic yogurt that I use, and I've added a bit of cinnamon, which controls my blood sugar levels. There's the second uh, crop, and uh, you can definitely grow with no maintenance. You put it in a tree, you don't even have to literally earth it up, you do nothing to it. Uh, the next, and the third, I suppose, uh, vegetable that I would definitely, re- or more so fruit, in, the, in this case, depending on which way you want to go, tomatoes. You sow them in February from a seed, or you can buy transplants of um, any decent garden but I recommend people grow things from seed. It's a huge life cycle and it's eye-opening in itself. So definitely tomatoes. We see you have the tomato plant in the polytunnel. Like, I, I remember seeing it going up. They can keep going, can they, from season to season? Am I right? Or mm. is it just the seeds that are coming up from, let's say, the tomatoes fall off? And I just remember being, there used to be this old glass house. We used to be going in, getting the tomatoes, but they seem to grow every year. Yeah, you're right there. But it just to say, the foliage does die off. So there's, a, I suppose, a regeneration. So we sow your seeds in February. Okay, what ends up happening is it becomes larger and goes from a foot to two foot to three foot. And some of them can go up to 15 feet tall, depending on if you leave them grow that long. Okay, as a result of that, then September, October is probably the last of the best tomatoes. Some people, if they have literally really lovely suited conditions, maybe a, a ball even in on the back of their um, polytunnel or I'm going to say lean to can have them all the way up until Christmas, but it's not growing. The leaves have all been removed off it because why the frost was after killing them. So it's only literally the plant that's standing there, a skeleton with the tomato maybe on it that you can harvest up till Christmas week. After that, there's nothing left there. There's no leaves. So as a result of that, any of the tomatoes that fell throughout the growing season that we just went through and uh, throughout the summer months, okay, there'll be seeds in the soil. Next time we get an increase of over 21 degrees, that's when tomato seeds germinate, the next generation of those seed tomatoes will start to grow. So that's what you're, you're seeing. Tomatoes, by God, if they lasted, if you found a polytunnel that was able to last a tomato through the winter, I'd love to see it myself because they, they're from South America and again, or even the Mediterranean, that love the heat. That's why they grow in abundance and uh, they thrive when they're in a polytunnel. So the, the, the other few plants there, I'll let you keep going. Uh, yeah, oh, definitely. I'm going to say uh, French beans. They're French or broad beans. So there's two beans I'm going to put in here. So we can go with climbing French bean. A cobra is the variety. It's a lovely black seed. I'm actually looking at one of the seeds, you know, that I've saved as of last year. And that's one of the things that literally you can put up against the trellis. And once it's literally up above half a foot you barely have to weed it why because it's up in the sky and doesn't have to compete the root system goes down lower and lower as it goes higher and higher because the determination of the root system is how tall a plant is so the same height a plant is the same distance the roots are after that uh, broad bean as well as a really good crop uh, wickham is a really good variety that I recommend and that's in open field uh, at both of those but if you wanted to put them inside in a tunnel the climbing french bean They'll uh, tie a string to a stick on the ground. And as a result of that, then it'll climb all the way up to the top of the polytunnel and you'll get an abundance of literally food, which is high plant-based protein and is very, very, I suppose, beginner uh, growers uh, standard for everybody. So that's probably the, the third, is that, is that the fourth? Um, then I would definitely go towards... Uh, if I was to go... Jerusalem artichokes, another really no no-brainer. Beginners, yeah, and 
sorry, yeah. No, you, you, you're right in saying that. No, I didn't grow up, I, I, as the fella says, I wasn't reared on Jerusalem to joke. Uh, but I, I, I found um, that they're a very easy crop to grow. They don't get blight like potatoes. And there's no earthing up involved. You put in one, you get 10. That's it. You want to put them in a bucket, you'll get the exact same, I suppose, uh, growth from that exact one tuber can give you up to and close to nine, if not 10 of uh, these tubers that are put into the ground again in March at the start of the growing season. And as a result of that, then you literally harvest them in September, October and November. And they have a lovely, beautiful, distinctive flower. Uh, some of the varieties that again are a natural bee pollinator. And these are something that take in a huge amount of carbon from the likes of the atmosphere, which is so beneficial, I suppose, uh, with anyone worried about um, uh, the carbon emissions that are increasing ever more and more. So that's definitely going to be the likes of my fifth of uh, the beginner crops. Is there some kind of, I don't know, notorious uh, nutritional benefit for them or something that they, they stand out as being uh, helping on? Yeah, you're right there. You're, you're right for even bringing that up. So, Shrews and Mashog are in the top five uh, high natural prebiotics. So, prebiotics are something that feeds your beneficial microorganisms. So that's beneficial for the fact that 70% of your immune system is located in your gut. 90% of your serotonin is produced in your gut. There's so many people suffering with anxiety, depression, all right? And if they actually improve the likes of their real foods that we've mentioned so many of here today, that they would literally be happier, they would be healthier, they'd be much more likely to exercise, and they would have an abundance of energy. Yeah, I would literally get one or two of those tubers. I would slice them into little, I suppose, wedges. I would sprinkle with either pink Himalayan salt, sea salt, or maybe if you want a little bit of spice, I would put either cacao pepper into the oven or curry powder. There's a fourth spice into the oven. Ten minutes later, you take them out. They're literally delicious. Uh, I'm going to say through the mashed choke wedges. <laughs> Pink Himalayan salt is just something that has different, I'm going to say, um, elements in it. It has more iodine. And it's just, again, it's a colour. Yeah, it would be. It definitely would be something you can get uh, iodine from. So... That's one of the reasons that people are leaning towards that. It's the idea that that simple. It's all like there's so many simple rules, uh, so many uh, ideas of simple nutrition. The darker the color, the more nutrition that's in it. Uh, one of the reasons why it has that, I suppose, it's slightly different color to the sea salt. Yes, it would be, uh, and other minerals would give it that uh, pink blush uh, in itself.
Yeah, fish is another great source of um, nutrition uh, or uh, iodine that you can get in, into your diet. Um, fish that I'm currently eating myself, I would recommend. Again, no major affiliation. If you can't get it from a fishmonger, catch some yourself. But shined tuna, by God, it would actually shine. They do sardines. And honestly, yeah, oh my God, the difference. I eat the fresh tuna, Premium, it's premium gold quality. star. Honest to God, like if you want to treat yourself to, a, or even your family as a gift, a healthy gift that I recommend people to give as a present this year for Christmas, get shines tuna in a glass jar and/or the the sardines. I'm going to tell you, I love fresh food, but this stuff is absolute gold. I I really do love food. <laughs> Did you ever hear it all? Is there 
Would you believe I, I have never heard of custard apples? And I, I know a lot about nutrition and different varieties, but I haven't come across it uh, to date. So I'm always open to um, learn. It's called shape of an apple. It's, like, it's almost like what she said is the more horrible it looks. You know, the taste here will be, it's not that it goes kind of all brown on the outside, but it's to try to get it at that that point where, you know, where it's just nice, but it's a kind of, you just scoop out the centre of it. But she was just saying, you could you could look it up after. She just said there's some very strong anti-cancer thing in it, like, but they're only out once a year or something like that. It's an unusual one. It does taste kind of like Joe Custard and Apple, I think, but there is that kind of unusual flavour, all right? Well, I'm definitely going to have a look up at that because um, something as interesting as, as anti-cancer that seems to be coming more and more uh, frequent. I'm sorry, I didn't look at myself only what she told me, and I ate the thing like <laughs> it was tasty. Like. But there you go. Do you know what I mean? It, it, that's what you want to be eating. You want to be eating tasty fruit and or vegetables, and more yeah, so like yeah. apples. You can get soft apples in in every discount store in Ireland. But that's not what we want. And that's why the kids aren't eating these foods because there's actually less nutrition in all the different foods you get for 49 cents. And people say they don't like fruit. They don't like vegetables. Yeah. What can you expect for that kind of rice like with a bunch of carrots? Like, what, what can you expect? Because we mentioned it here before. Like, I know we went through like killing the weeds, the organic way to do it. And I know you came up before with putting down, you know, just covering the area. Um, you know, to, 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 so the light doesn't get in is a simple way. Any other things you want to enlighten us with? And also maybe dealing with slugs in the polytunnel. But I suppose you don't have the trouble during the winter as much with them. Or maybe I'm wrong. You have less and less, I'm going to say. But for the most part, again, what you're going to do is, if you ever have issues with slugs, remember what they like. They like wet. They like damp conditions. So watering first thing in the morning and having your soil at that peak point where it's wet in the morning and it's dry by the evening okay so that's really really important slugs uh, are due to hide in and underneath an untidy polytunnel or veg patch so have it as neat have the grass cut really low and using the likes of things like grit or sand at the doors of your polytunnel or even around the periphery edges of it eggshells are a no-brainer i want more people to eat eggs because they don't like the vestrumine they have an underbelly that they don't like to cross that type of material yeah. so the more deterrence that you have the better far as opposed to having a successful crop that isn't eaten there's nothing worse than growing stuff successfully and then having the slopes to develop it when you're in bed we just think you have the body right and you have that all around the outside but inside you have nothing will they still manage to get in uh, there's always going to be gung ho, as I like to call them, slugs that somehow get you get in on your boot, like you know what I mean. You'll be outside, you'll bring one in on the boot, and then so they'll end up coming in one door, and once one is in, he'll lay bloody a hundred eggs, and then you're starting off. So. Valerian, like, is a kind of an interest in one, you know, that helps people sleep. And I think, you know, I, got, I think it was Irish organics, because I, I told my sleep for myself there for a while before, and I got it, I think it was Irish organics, they had a very good quality one that it was like a syrup.
I know I used to take twice to recommend it a month, but it was kind of calming. But I'm just wondering, can you grow that in Ireland? And is it easy to grow? And how would you, you know, how would you, would say, use it to, to get that effect? Or how would you, you know, get the whatever's in it out of it, to, like in a, in a tea or whatever, it would give you that relaxing effect? Expected. Would you believe I haven't ever grown uh, that uh, crop of valeria myself, but to extract the different, I suppose, uh, minerals out of anything it's making like a tea or a tincture out of it would be something that i would recommend so getting the leaves of it and maybe steeping it in uh, either warm or even boiling water just to i suppose pour into a cup that you would have either before you go to bed to aid in i suppose um, a better night's sleep would be what i would recommend for you but I, I wouldn't be able to personally even just tell you because again as the fellow says you can only tell people what you currently most certainly do know and um growing that valerium is something that i haven't done to date the last thing there, we let the people in there. Um, organic seed, you said, you know, where do you get them? Where is the best place, we'll say, to send off for them or whatever? Oh, yeah, there's a, a great um, friend of mine based down in Limerick. His name is Brian. He has a company. He'd be roughly the same goal as me, about 35 or so. He's his own business after setting up in the last number of years. He gets fully registered organic seeds, and then he saves his own seeds. But I talked about that first. So the name of that company is Seeds Ireland. Um, I'd be a major believer, again, in supporting an Irish company. Uh, and next thing is once you buy one packet of seeds that you can then save the seeds each and every year so your potato seeds buy them organically because then they haven't been sprayed with the likes of harsh chemicals and as a result of that you're going to be healthier out the other side of it you then if you buy the french beans you can literally save them in september you have the tomato seeds and literally if you didn't save them they'd be put onto the likes of the soil but i prefer people to save them because they know what varieties they have and it's something that is you realizing that the power of one little seed can produce an abundance of food for you, your family, and your friends going forward into 2024. Do you, do you want to come in and then one instead? Just put up your hand and we'll let you in after there. No, it's, uh, I like, I love farming. I love working. I, it's so fun to me. But like, the thing is, is in, I live in the Chicago suburbs in the States. I don't know if you've, had, if you've ever been here, but it's like a state, city and, you know, there's like backyard regulations, blah, blah, blah. So it's just hard to have your own produce. Like I, I tried doing wildflower seeds and have raspberries in the backyard. And I did do kale this year. Like kale is still doing good right now in November and it's snowing. But, um, um, you know, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just so difficult because it's like I'm vegan too. So like anything that I want that's organic comes from the grocery store, you know, so you're only getting so much and i as you guys know like it just when you grow your own produce there's so much more nutrients and there's variety and there's all this stuff but uh yeah i'm just soaking it in but it uh you know i just want to start my own like little farm and have people work there but it's like where do you start you know because it takes so much money and like you know uh, I, there's people that have like like-minded interests but it's like you know, uh, I don't know if, if, where you guys are, if it's like more farmland or if you guys came from the city, but it's just like, where do you start, you know? Great question, I suppose. And that's so the first thing is you could definitely lean towards finding an allotment. An allotment is something that literally gives you a couple of meters squared of an area where you can go in. I spent a period of time in America and there is allotments that you can go to and grow your own food and rent for as little as $50 for the likes of a full year's growing, which is absolutely nothing. Then you can go to the idea of pots. You're in the likes of a city again. 
things can grow in pots, such as the ones that are related to kale that's growing extremely well for you already. As I said, rocket, or it's called arugula in um, the America. So you could definitely grow that, even get packets of seeds of it yesterday or today, tonight. So uh, you could start growing that in on, a, on your windowsill, which would gain advantage of any sort of heat that heating that you do have on in your house throughout the day. So that's the next best thing. Then after that, if you still have very um, difficult issue, issues with growing hydroponics, that's using the likes of water and it's something that's better than uh, the stuff that's shipped in halfway across the world or from other um, states in America. So taking control of your food as best you possibly can. No situation is perfect. And the idea is you, what you're looking for is an improvement on your current growing situation. Yeah, I like that allotment thing. You know, like just trying to find a farm or, or some kind of community that will let me do that. I have like a, a lot of experience indoor garden. Like I have a, a like a 600 watt light going right now, and it's just like house plants right now. But it's like the indoor space is like it's just not a good uh, scenario for like growing my own food uh, right now. If I had like a you know more space, it'd be a different story. Um, but like I'm saying with like vegan being vegan, it's you know, I guess the dream would to be like have your own farm with like all the fruit that you could want, you know, and just work that land and, you know, just kind of, you know, kind of be regenerative through work and like, you know, just being there in general is, uh, it's good energy, but, um, but yeah, uh, I'm, tr it's, I'm trying, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just so expensive, um, you know, and, uh, but I'm, I'm gonna keep, like, I, I've, had this dream since I was, you know, super young and I've worked on organic farms and worldwide organic, uh, organization of organic farming. Wolf, you like live on a farm for room board and you can like stay there and, you know, you work on the farm and they will give you food and shelter, um, and kind of like learn how it goes. Um, so I've done that a few times. I became a head chef. I started my own like little vegan business at one point, uh, take out delivery, but like it's all profitability at this point, you know, it's like you got to sustain the business or the the farm or whatever to make it so that you can get to, you know, grow, grow it so you can serve more people or even sustain it till next year. So I'm, uh, I'm just trying to absorb everything, but yeah, like, uh, it, it's kind of lonely, you know, cause I don't know in the state, it's just not everyone's into the organic thing. They're like, what does that mean? It's a scan, that kind of thing. But like when you actually know, um how food yeah, works you need, you need to be living more rural or something probably like for this yeah you know what yeah i just let yeah. patrick in there and you can come back in again Luke, then if you want just to give everyone a chance you there patrick yeah oh yeah how's it going how's it going yeah. uh, uh how are you calling? um i sent you a message there i don't know if you got remember i was talking to you about the mirror we need here the last time you were in yeah, I do, but I, I never got that message. Where did you send it? No, I went outside. I couldn't find it. It's, it dies off during the winter. You know, it's, it's a very delicate plant. But I found another plant when I went doing a bit of research uh, on the computer. And I think it's wild marjor marjor one. Have you ever heard of that plant? Um, I, I have a funny feeling it's also no, it's very relate, closely related to um, oregano. Am I right in saying that? It's a perennial, so it'll be there all year round. Slightly hardy leaves. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, yeah. No, I think 
we just lost you there. No, that was that was Patrick speaking. He was just talking about a different plant. It just never came. Are we back now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Patrick was talking about um, uh, a different plant that he was just describing it, I thought. Yeah, it's the, um, the, the, the sort of small bit of research I've done on it was uh, it looks the same. It's mild or wild, M A R G O R A. So I think it's the same plant, but when the spring comes again, it's all over my lawn. I will. I'll, I'll send you a picture of it, like you. Is that marigold or something like that, no? No, marigold, marigold, oh, wild, no, it's not marigold, no, it's marigold. Wild marigold. And you're trying to get rid of it, is it? God, no. No, 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 I'm not. It's the one I was talking about, it's called Manierock. I can admit that's where I'm from. It's the one that when you rub it together, um, my mother used to have a cure, and when you rubbed it together, instead of prayer, it used to froth if you needed it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Does anyone else want to come in there? Do you want to come back in Luber patch? Because we'll probably be winding it up shortly there. We just try to keep it kind of fast moving. No, all good. Um, Appreciate it. No, thank you. Thank you. Paddy, you were trying to get in earlier there. Are you, are you still there? If you want to get in, just put up the hand. So I suppose, look, we leave it at that. Coleman, it's better to keep it kind of fast. We want to look, thanks for coming on. We'd have to kind of figure a way of building it up a bit. See, can we get you kind of, you know, like, like I suppose it will nearly be up to yourself. I, I don't mean that in a smart way, you know, but that's the only way we're going to. Like we're, we've honeyed the far right on us. So, uh, no, well, um, what I've done is, a, I suppose, a, a multitasking man, I've recorded it here as well on this side for a podcast that's going out. And it's the idea of highlighting it that it's on and a certain right. time in a certain place. So that's uh, me using that initiative there straight away. Yeah. So this stuff is always a hard slog, like, but it gets us, you know, it's still something that needs. You're listening to Coleman Power on the Organic Fitness Podcast. Mm-hmm.